And so we wanted to have a bit of a conversation, and, and, and there's going to come a point where if you want to throw out some questions, we'd love to, we'd love to do that. But um, I, want to, I want to just start it out. So, hey, ladies first. Uh, first of all, you know, Debbie, can you just tell us, first of all, how long have you been a Christian, and what was your first attempt at Bible reading, and how did that work? Well, I've been a Christian 40 years, or a little over, which is pretty amazing since I'm only 29. So, <laughs> let me just... When I saw that question, I thought, now, wait a minute. Is that that new math they're teaching in Jessamine County? It is. It is. So, so a little over 40 years. And I think my first attempt um, at reading the Bible was um, getting those little books, Our Daily Bread. And I can remember in junior high and high school having that beside my bed and pulling that out each day and and reading the little verse and um, the little content about the verse on that. So my first experience and and uh this is my dad for those of you that don't know dad how many you know how long have you been a christian and what was your first attempt at bible reading and how did that work well it's hard to say um i was raised in a southern baptist church and i had an emotional experience at church camp when i was saved there i thought um but didn't do any bible reading on my own at the church and so later in life uh, when you were maybe 10 or 11 um, i was going to a church that was a little different and they offered a through the bible in one year program and i thought you know you've had people tell you all your life this is what you should believe this is what you should know you should do this you should do that and i thought wouldn't it be cool if i just knew for myself so I took the challenge, I took the program, and, and completed it. And the, the one thing that jumped out at me over and over and over and over and over again was Jesus' commandment that if you love me, you will obey my commandments. I guess he was serious about that one. <laughs> and so that, that was like a new thing for you, because you for, for whatever reason the dots hadn't been connected, and reading the Bible through that time, you're like, oh, that, was, that would be correct. That's when I began to know God, know who he is, know what he wants, and understand him. And, and Stephen, how long have you been a Christian? And what was your, what was your first attempt at, the, at Bible, and how did that work? Well, I was born and raised in the church. My, okay. my mom was uh, the choir director and piano player. My dad was chairman of the deacons in our little Southern Baptist church there in Midway, Franklin County area. And... Uh, of course, going through Sunday school and vacation Bible schools and such, you know, my whole life, you know, as I grew up, I guess I kind of just assumed that I had read the Bible through, you know, always doing my, <laughs> my weekly Sunday school book that I had and you yep. had to, you know, check off stuff. And so I just assumed, I guess, that I had always done it. And I, somebody asked me about it one day and I said, well, sure, I think, and I, I just really couldn't say for sure. And uh, it just seemed like kind of a natural uh, thing that I would have accomplished that at some point but couldn't say for sure. And in 2004, early 2004, I was a, uh, a groomsman in a wedding for a good friend of mine. And as a wedding gift, he gave me a year-long uh, devotional. And in the back of it, it had a plan to read the Bible through from cover to cover in one year. Okay. And basically consisted of reading three chapters a day uh, where you started in Genesis. And then once you finished Genesis, you went to Matthew. And then back, you know, so you switched from Old Testament to New Testament back and forth. 
And so that was my first experience of, of reading the Bible cover to cover. And I, I don't want you to feel left out. <coughs> Oh, How long well, thank you. Are you a Christian? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> you have been, how long have you been a Christian? Minutes. 29 minutes. 29 minutes, okay. No, and 33 What now. was your first attempt at the at Bible? Uh, Bible reading for me, you know, I was, like, I was like born in church and, you know, or born Sunday in church the next. So, you know, I grew up around yeah. it. Um, and, you know, and you always do things that you were born and raised. And so my first attempt was when I was uh, in middle school, the same thing, my church then uh, they didn't buy your dinner, but everyone who read the Bible through the year, they all got to go to a special dinner. Mm. And being someone who doesn't really love food that much, it wasn't that big of a motivator, but I went ahead and tried <laughs> then. Why do you laugh? No reason. <laughs> I had something caught in my throat. I guess. So, but that was my first attempt, and I failed that year, too. And I was very bummed. And, you know, I felt like I should go because my uncle was the associate pastor, and I thought, well, that's a free ticket. You know, it shouldn't matter. You know, you're associate pastor. And... And I've been a Christian since I was 11 years old, and the first time I read through the Bible or tried or, you know, it was because an a, a independent fundamental Baptist preacher laid out, you know, You're, how can you call yourself a Christian if you haven't read the Word? And I was like, crud, you know. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know how the heaven-hell thing really played out, so, you know, to kind of hedge my bets, I thought, well, I better read the Bible is wrong thinking, by the way, in case you're in that category. That's not how it works. We talked about that later with you. Um, so I started, and he was like, well, start in Matthew. Don't start in Genesis. So I, I started reading, and, and I started in Matthew. I didn't finish it that first time. You know, it, it was a number of years before I actually got cover to cover. Is, what, are, what are some things, Stephen, what are, what are some things that you found that have worked for you in terms of reading the Bible? My personality type, I tend to be a bit more detail-oriented, a bit regimented. Uh, I have schedules. I make schedules for people in my professional career. Uh, I expect those schedules to be kept for myself and the people that work for me. And so, you know, kind of uh, a bit more. Uh, Sorry, it's just refreshing to hear. <laughs> Sounds like Dante's fourth level of hell to me. <laughs> and for some people, it might be. And some of the people that work for me probably think it is. And that's okay too. But it works for me. Uh, so. What I find works best for me is to, to find something that, that's a bit more regimented and, and detailed, like the plan that, that I got from Daniel's uh, devotional that he gave to me, where it lays out a specific plan, and I follow it every day. I try to do this at the exact same time every day, if at all possible. Uh, I'm much an early bird. Uh, getting up at 5.30 in the morning is, is actually fun for me. I know that's weird in and of itself. But uh, I enjoy getting up that early. I get to work at least 30 to 45 minutes before everyone else. And so I've got the office completely to myself. I've got the, you know, the kids are up, dressed, gone to school, and I'm at the office. And, and now I've got complete alone time by myself. And so I, that gives me the time where I can pray for a few minutes just by myself, read uh, my daily reading, and then start the work day. And I try and keep that as, you know, uh, time or, you know, and he's just telling it like it is, isn't he, Debbie? <laughs> how, right, no. How does that, how is, what have you found that has worked for you? Well, first let me say I represent the Bible reading challenged up here. Okay. Yeah. So, and I say that because I want to be transparent with you all that I struggle in that area. And that's, and so I want to let you know that this, we're not stacking the deck up here. We have yep. those that do it really well and those that that continue to work through that process. But I think for me, I am also a 
I'm very task oriented. I love lists. I love marking off lists in things. But an aha moment for me in the last 10 years was switching from that task to relationship and realizing my time in the Word grows my relationship with God. And that's really hard for someone that's very task oriented that, um, you know, I have because it, it becomes about, you know, when Bible reading come, becomes for me the, the thing on my list, the thing I mark through, the time that, you know, then, then it, you know, it, it quickly loses for me what I really think God wants from me, which is a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it just is spending time in the word and in allowing an opportunity for that relationship to grow and to feel God's love and peace and, and hear from him through that. And so um, that hasn't happened overnight because I love list and I'm like, you know, so I'm, it's a process I'm on, so, or a journey. Yeah, that makes sense. And God still loves you, doesn't he? Yes. It's not about performance. So um, Max says. So. No, <laughs> no, the Bible says. Yeah. What, what's worked for you, Isaiah? Oh, now, now let's speak to the ADD crowd who don't <laughs> like task or list. Um, you know, for me, it was, it, yeah, being, being ADD, you have to be able to adjust to not, you know, getting up at 530 in the morning, no thank you. Um, they call it an ungodly hour for a reason. I don't think God's up then. <laughs> but... Um, I know, wait to text you in the morning. <laughs> you, you can text. My phone's downstairs <laughs> turned off. Okay. Uh, quiet. Um, so, but being able to whenever, to be honest, when the whim comes or whenever, you, you know, in the ADD time, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this project anymore. I'll go over here. Um, so, you know, at the time it was to have the thin ones carrying with, and now, you know, with you version, of course, it's truly, you know, whenever, whenever I get free time, I'm just like, okay, well, this forum's getting boring, so, you know, I'll start doing today's reading or something like that. Okay. So, I mean, for you, it's literally, it could be any, it's random times, but it's it, in the course of a week or a month, right. you know, you've, the times have been locked. I mean, you've covered some ground in right. terms of the Bible. Yes. Especially when you get behind and then you're like, oh my goodness. And, and you version, they have reminders, don't they? Yes. That's a great thing. They will actually email you and constantly email you. Um, it doesn't stop. So, you know. Um, and then, but the, this this year's new, uh, they just updated their site, and they have a great button, because last year when you got behind, if you got behind like more than 10 days, not that I did, uh, <laughs> more like 20 or 25 at one point in time, you have to click a button to go back here, click, 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 to go back through the calendar to get oh. back on the day you want. They've now gotten rid of that. They have a button, I, I guess too many people fall into my category, who get behind, that says catch me up. And you click it, and it goes right back to the day that you left off. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was like, yes, in the majority, once again. <laughs> what, what have you, what has worked for you, Dad? Well, what has worked for me? I'm, I don't have an iPod or a uh, you know, smartphone. smartphone. <laughs> I use the old-fashioned paper Bible. <laughs> It's still available. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but in, in, in my reading of the Bible, I realized the reason I didn't know I was a, wasn't a Christian before is because I hadn't, hadn't gotten off the highway yet. Um, see, when you, God tells us that when you're ready to really put your faith and trust in him, that... He wants you to get off of the highway. He wants you to get off of the road that you're driving on, get off of that next exit ramp, 
go across, get on back on and go the other way. On the road I was traveling, there was just a whole bunch of folks going somewhere, I don't know, but it was packed. But on the other side, it was, you know, like a few cars now and then would go by. But what I mean by that is how I changed uh, my thinking, how I changed my um, giving of my time or my, or my resources or how I thought about uh, my life all was based on what God had to say about it in his Bible. And, and so as I learned more who he was, I could understand more why he wanted me to do these radical things. So, so Bible reading for you was a, 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 was a life, was a game changer. It was a total game changer. Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you through the Bible? There, I always ask when I read the Bible, I always ask the Holy Spirit to uh, bring uh, understanding to me as I read it. And there's been oftentimes that there have been verses that have literally jumped off the page or just, just become in focus that made a lot of sense and I would underline them and circle them and put exclamation parks around them and <laughs> maybe write them on another piece of paper and put it yep. someplace. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he has. You, Stephen, have you felt like there's been times where God has spoken to you when you've been in the Bible or reading the Bible? Yeah, the, one of the major things that I've noticed uh, spending time in the Bible, it, it helps me to connect to God better. I mean, it, it, this is certainly something that's more than just a regimented task that I can cross off my to-do list. It's an opportunity for me to get in the Word, and when I'm there, I'm more connected to God. And, uh, and there have been several opportunities where I've had throughout my life where God has spoken to me through the Word, you know, and I've probably read a certain particular passage 20, 30 times, but for some reason it just flies off the page at me, it hits me in the face. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, you know, I, I didn't notice that before. Uh, one in particular was a couple of years ago. I read the passage where Jesus has already been resurrected. He's walking along the beach, and Peter and the guys are out fishing. Yeah. I've read that passage, couldn't tell you how many times. But for the first time, I noticed that it was John that recognized Jesus, but it was Peter that got out of the boat. Mm. And I don't know, and I had been, you know, I, I kind of akin myself to Peter. I have a lot of Peter in me. <laughs> And, and, and that was just amazing to me. And also uh, through that, went back and read that uh, when Jesus was crucified, John was the first one to get to the tomb. That's right. But it was Peter that went in. And then it was Peter that got out of the boat and walked on the water with Christ. And all those revelations kind of, kind of played into me and ended up being a, uh, a sermon that I was supposed to preach uh, back summer of 2004, I think, so okay. I preached it somewhere in there. Uh, after I got back from my first mission trip to Africa. Wow. Have you, Debbie, have you felt like God has ever spoken to you when you've been, you know, in, in the Bible or reading the Bible? Absolutely. Um, one of the ways that I kind of track, um, kind of like Mike mentioned, is when a verse really jumps out at me, writing it down. And what I have found is, um, I can think of a specific instance back several years ago that um, I there was a verse about um, where is your faith and I wrote that down and it didn't really connect with me or anything but about two weeks later I had a very um, a point of crisis in my life and that verse just came back in it just was amazing how God used that um, in the whole context of that passage to just give me a sense of peace 
and uh, that he was with me in that. And I've had similar situations where at the time, the verse comes out and I write it and it doesn't connect, but later um, it, God brings it full circle and it just, it's, it's just in the point of a crisis or a lot of times too ministering to other people that that verse comes back and I see, oh okay. wow, this verse was get, you know, I, I can use this in this situation okay. here with this friend. Wow. All right, guys, do you, are there questions that you want to throw out? I mean, I know normally when it's just me up here that you're, you're chomping at the bit, okay? You know, don't let the number of people up here intimidate you. But are, are there questions that you want to throw out this morning? What's with the genealogies and the boring part of Leviticus? <laughs> Anybody over here want to take that, or you want me to? <laughs> You're trying to try not Gee, to read Leviticus. Can we delete that out of the Bible reading part? <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it amazing how, you know, it's unlike all of the other religions or holy books, um, the, the Bible is actually a story. From cover to cover, it's a story. And there are parts of the story, aren't there, that are just boring to us. You know, now, you know, the genealogies and whatnot, they're, they're, they're communicating some things that are important and that if you were living at the time, you'd be like, oh, I get it, you know. You know, so-and-so that's connected and Jesus is part of that line and, ah, oh, gotcha. But, yeah, um, uh, even Leviticus, uh, I, I struggle. I, I, there's a guy from my college who uh, started a church in Michigan, and all he preached on for the first three years of the church was Leviticus. So apparently there's stuff in there, and it grew. I mean, it's not like it, you know, it was the church of the holy few. <laughs> We're the Leviticus church. Ah, run away! <laughs> you know, yeah. One of the things that I get from that, Janice, is reading through that, man, man, there's no doubt that that's a struggle. I don't know of anybody that just salivates, can't, you know, wait to read the genealogy, so kind of deal. But the way I see it is, is that is God's opportunity to kind of look over my shoulder and say, see, I've been there all along. I was there every step of the way, and you can retrace me back. Every one of those names that's listed in there is somebody that I've loved. They're one of my children, and they follow all the so that, that kind of helps me push through okay. it. I would preach. I would preach. <laughs> right. So the question is, there's a difference between reading and studying. Have you ever studied the Bible as opposed to just read the Bible? Yeah. Well, um, ladies out here will know definitely Beth Moore, and she has several wonderful <coughs> studies that just really get you into some real meat. Um, and um, so I'd say that um, as one. One of the best ones I've ever attended in my entire life was Bible Study Fellowship International. They have, they have 200 men in Lexington and three or 400 women meeting separately only one day a week. We, they meet during school season. Um, 
starts at 7 p.m. on Monday nights, and uh, you go in and there's a you have brought back from your last week you have 15 questions which you have had to go through and answer, which means you had to read and study and find the answers to those questions. You go in and sing a couple of hymns. You break out into your little rooms, and um, then those questions are gone over and answered uh, as a group. Um, and then you go back out, and there's a 45-minute lecture, not a sermon, just a lecture over the material. And then when you leave, you're given a new booklet for next week that also covers the same lecture you just heard, plus gives you the new questions for the next week. So you get it, boom, 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 three or four times. And um, it's probably one of the most valuable study times I've ever had. I, they, they, they cover seven they cover seven major things, and I, I did it for seven years with them, and, and, and it just opened up so many unanswered questions in, in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But if you want a uh, non-denominational uh, study, that one I would highly recommend. So there you go. So yes, there is a difference between reading and studying, and some of the folks have... You had a question? Uh, yeah, there's uh, 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 there's a church in Williamsburg, uh, as he called himself, a little green-eyed pastor in a wheelchair. Uh, for most of his preaching life, he had a nerve condition that literally robbed him of walking and eventually using his arms, and he now he is absolutely on this contraption where they have to rotate it. He cannot move at all. Um, and uh, for years, he did something called the Mini Bible College. And over the course, I believe, of three years, uh, two years, you can go, th you go through the entire Bible. And they have it available online. Um, we, we can put links up for you this week uh, for all of those things, BSF, more, and whatnot. One more question? Yes. Mini Bible College. Google Mini Bible College, it should come up. Yep. So there you go. They're already looking. <laughs> All right. One, one more question. What do you do with sort of your failure and you haven't kept up? All right. What do you do if you feel like you're a failure and you haven't kept up? Awesome question. <laughs> everyone's looking at me to answer. You know, you know this. Like, I'm like, well, there you this go. Run here. with it, Isaiah. Uh, everyone's looking They're at me. They're looking at you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm great at just you know shying away conviction. So that's pretty much what it is. That's why I'm a pastor. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, the pastor that we used to work with at Church of the Savior was really good at this because he was big on fasting and things like this. And his thing is like, you know, you have to take it somewhat from God's perspective. You have to stand up there and. and you know, and as a parent, even as a parent now, I now get this even more because, you know, I, I set boundaries and, and, and regimen for my children, and, and I expect, you know, Will to do it. And when he doesn't, sometimes I have to pull out and say, okay, but you did this this time. Way to go, Will. You, you know, we, we're not here. You know, we, you're still not picking up your stuff. But, but you know what? You, you at least cleaned up this little area of your room. We're going to give you kudos. And I think, you know, you have to step back and say, you know, from God's perspective that says, you know, well, okay, you weren't reading the Bible at all this year. And now, all of a sudden, you did a Bible challenge. You read through Genesis. Great. You read through Genesis. Next year, maybe you'll hit Leviticus. You know, so I think God has to take back and say, okay, you're taking steps. It's, it's when you are in the proverbial 
like one youth pastor I read, uh, read uh, his blog, he, he's the one that said, he goes, I'm an expert at Genesis because I start Bible readings every year and then I end in January. He goes, and usually not even that far. And so, you know, I think it's when you're in that rut that then you might have some conviction from God. He's like, okay, time to get out of the rut. But, you know, if we're taking little steps, I think God's like, kudos. You know, you're reading more than what you would have. Can mm-hmm. I add something to yeah. that? And I think when you get so focused on the destination, it, you know, God wants us to focus on the journey. It's a day-to-day today. It's not, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year. It's what's God working with you right now? What's he teaching? What's the relationship growing? You know, I really, because I, I say that only because I've struggled so much with that. I get so stuck in the, the goal that I forget it's a relationship and it's a day-to-day and it's a journey he wants you to focus on. So you might not get steak and lobster, but you can go to Malone's and get a salad. Carol mentioned just doing it with other people. She mentioned weight loss. And when you're trying to lose weight, if you've got other people that are trying to lose weight with you, it works better. And, and here's what we want you to see, because some of you are hardwired that way. You do better when you're brushing shoulders against someone else. I'm, I'm a classic introvert. I, if I want to hear from God, I have to go away by myself, preferably in a desolate place. <laughs> and if you tried to be me, that would be the wrong thing to do. And so... We're not up here saying, in order to do this, you have to get up at 5 in the morning, and there's a list, and you have to check it off, and you have to spend exactly 25 minutes or 45 minutes. That's not what we're saying. Uh, Remember, the primary metaphor in the Bible is that God is our heavenly Father, and we're his children. Some are lost, some are found, but we're his children. And just like any good parent knows... All your kids are different. They're hardwired differently from the get-go. And what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. What we, want you to, what we want to encourage you to do is to be intentional about Bible intake. And it might be in the context of relationships. It might be that you, you, you need to do a U version and do it randomly throughout the week. Or if you're the extremely regimented type, fine. You know, it's at 6 a.m. every morning. But... but Figure out how you're hardwired. I mean, you, if, you, if you don't know that already, your wife or your husband do, your parents do, give them a call. They'll tell you, oh, yeah, this is how you're hardwired. They know. Everyone around you knows that loves you and knows you. Okay? And figure out the right path because, really, um, getting into the Bible does two amazing things. It does a lot of amazing things, but I want to remind you of two amazing things that it does. One, all of a sudden, instead of... A lot of us, we get stuck, we can't see past our nose. And when you're in the Bible, all of a sudden you're aware that there's something much bigger playing out in life. God and God's kingdom and this big thing that's going on. And, 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 and Stephen and Debbie and Mike and I and Isaiah and all of you, just like all of the people whose lives are recorded in there, are part of that big story. And, and that's a jump start, a kick start into getting a lot of meaning and purpose. I'm most satisfied as a man when I'm part of something that's doing something significant, much bigger than me, and that requires me to sacrifice. Um, the other thing about the Bible is that it's like a mirror. Um, and, and when you're in it, you, you see yourself a little more clearly, and you see God a little more clearly. 
Um, and and that's, that's another uh, reason to be in it. Um, for those of you that are hardwired this way, I'll leave you with one, one last uh, little metaphor or image, okay? And, and then we'll do some other things. And maybe we can continue this conversation on Facebook or online. I, back a long time ago, uh, Jenny and I were separated for a summer, a whole summer. We, we were in love. We weren't engaged yet. Uh, and this is back in the day before there were cell phones or there wasn't the internet and when long distance was expensive, okay? So if you were on the phone long, mom or dad would be like, this is costing me. You need to say goodbye. Hang up. Hang up. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Now. Hang up now. Um, and so we exchanged letters. And I still have all, and boy, they're yellow now. Woo! <laughs> I still have all of the letters that she sent me that summer. And I know she still has all of the letters I sent her. They're love letters. And reading them gave me such a better understanding of Jenny and vice versa. Uh, there's a man, and thank you, Paul Huber, for exposing uh, the guys to it. There's a, a, Larry Crabb has written a book, uh, 60, uh, lo, 66 Love Letters for, from God. It's basically two or three page summaries of what's this book all about and what's God trying to say to you through this one book. Um, that's a handy little thing you can have, and that's another good metaphor for the Bible is it's more or less God's love letter to you.